Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. We are in the second week of a new series called Finding Freedom. If you were not here with us last week, or just a quick review, if you were with us last week, we started out talking about the church. Jesus said um, in the book of Matthew, he said, I'm going to build my church and nothing is going to stop it. And so we talked about, well, what is my church? And and the fact that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, that, that means that the church has value. The church has power. The church is a place of hope. And and those are three things that sometimes we don't necessarily attribute to or associate with the church based on our experiences. But it doesn't matter what we think or or feel or experience. It's this is this is what Jesus said about it. And so in this series we're going to be looking at some things that Jesus said, some things that Jesus did, some things that the early church did, and, and see how we are trying to apply that here at Freedom Church, some of the things that they value. And so our mission, as I stated earlier in the announcements, is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. And today I want to focus in on that, that, that little piece at the end, that word together. Because we are, we are meant for relationships. One of our values is you can't do life alone. It's how God wired us. We're not to be isolated. We are to be in relationships. And so that's one of our values here at Freedom Church. Yet at the same time, I struggle with this. This together piece. Because the more time we spend together, the more time I'm like, you're different. We, let's just get a quick survey of the crowd. NFL season starting. Who's our, who's our uh, cowboy fans? Resident cowboy fans, okay? All right, all right. Uh, Bronco fans? Bronco? Okay, you can cheer for your team if you want. Um, uh, any other team? I'm, it's like n- none, none, okay? Or um, college football? This, that's me. I'm in that category. Skip the NFL, all right? And, and there's others of you who are like, I don't care. I don't care? Okay. See, we're different. Not wrong. But different. We have our different takes on things. Some of you, you hear Yanni, okay, and I hear Laurel, all right? We, we just have our different takes on things. Um, I want to hear it. Best breakfast burrito in town. Chili Works. That's all I, that's all I heard. Like the Morning Glory, El Parasol, okay? We have our different takes. You know, there's... I even heard someone, I was having a conversation, and they, their favorite was, was Chili Works. But it was almost like they were talking about a bottle of wine, because they were like, Chili Works 2008. <laughs> that was a good year. That was a good year. I don't know. Personally, Hilltopper at uh, Morning Glory is good. Get some, some peppers in there. But, but you want to know the best one in town. And, and you may think different, but you're wrong. Okay, um, the burrito ranchero at Viola's. Try it out. It's smothered, green chili, bacon green. You have to turn your plate vertical just to eat it. It's delicious. Anyway, we're different. We've grown up with differences in the church. Some of us, we grew up in, in a church setting where um, some of us had pews. Some of us had, had chairs. 
Some of us uh, maybe grew up in a setting where it was, it was louder music, um, and some of us grew up maybe it was a, a piano or, or an organ or different things like that. We have differences where we grew up. Some of you guys, you grew up uh, where you had a, a preacher uh, like this preaching, or some of you grew up where like, the leaders had robes on, and, and you like prayed for the day as a kid. You were like, it'd be so awesome if underneath that robe they had a lightsaber. <laughs> or something, I don't know. Um, that would be awesome. There's like Jedis and preachers. I don't know. That would be a good movie. We had nothing wrong. Just different. Just different. We, we have our differences. And if you look at the church in its beginning, who did Jesus start this church with? He said, I'm going to build my church. Well, who did he start it with? And he started with those original disciples, the original small group that got together. And these guys... These guys were diverse. They were different. You had fishermen, James and John, Andrew and Peter. They were fishermen. You had, you had uh, the zealots. Some of them, they're, they're like down with the government. You had um, the doubters, Nathaniel, who some of us we think is uh, also Bartholomew, a skeptic, Thomas, who, who, who doubted as well. You had Matthew, the tax collector, a tax collector in the group, despised. These guys, is, this is who Jesus started it with. And these differences, these differences, not only with the disciples caused tension and conflict, but it, it it's, was in the early church and even today, right? You don't have to think very far before you, you think of a Christian jerk or some sort of tension or some sort of conflict where these differences often divide. And Jesus... Jesus did ministry together with these guys, trying to build, build a, new, a new type of culture, a culture called family that was outside of bloodlines. He called people his brothers and his sisters who weren't in this bloodline. And he said, the people who do the will of God, that's, that's, my, that's my brother, that's my sister. He's, he's creating a family. So he tried to get all of these differences together and said, guys, if you can get this, if you can get this piece, this piece called together, this piece called relationships, you're going to change the world. You're going, to, you're going to go outside the boundaries, physical boundaries, social boundaries, spiritual boundaries, because we're taking light into darkness. And I need you guys to get this thing together. We saw last week he started the church outside of Israel's boundaries, outside of the territory, saying these are the people we're trying to reach. And so today, today... I want to talk about relationships because here's what I know. You're, you're happy. Most of you, you're content. You got things are going good. You're busy. You got your things. You got your struggles and that sort of stuff. But I also know this. You got all these things that are going on, but why? Why do you struggle with having a, a, a meaningful relationship? I got a lot of connections, I got a lot of friends, but that, that one, that deep relationship, the one who can get me outside of my family, my, my spouse knows me, but I, I don't have many friends. Why do we struggle with this piece so much? I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about why it's worth it, because I know in Los Alamos, as soon as we do develop a friendship, what? They gone. They move. And you're like, why bother? Why bother? I'm going to give you four reasons today, four reasons why you should bother today. First one is this, presence. 
presence. Relationships invite the presence of God. And I would say nothing really is more important to us than, than knowing God is present with us. Now, theologically speaking, we know that when you are a Christian, that, that God is with you. He doesn't leave you. But at the same time, we don't always feel him. And so um, we want to know. We want to know that God is with us. And, and so one of my favorite parts of Sunday morning happens at 1030 in this gym. We get here at 830 and we, we set up. Anybody's invited to come and, and set up because it is a great place to just start community and get to meet people. And you would be surprised over the, the several months that we've been here, just the, the laughs and conversations that we have as we get things set up. But at 1030, everything stops. Stop what we're doing and we gather around and we pray. We've been working hard. We want God to, to use us in some sort of way but we pray and we seek the presence of God to say, God, we've been having an awesome week. We want to celebrate. We want to celebrate with you and worship today, but we also want to see you move in this place. So every one of you, you didn't know this, but you were prayed for this morning as you walked in. It's one of my favorite parts. Anybody, anybody's welcome to come. You want to come here a little bit early, get you a coffee, get you a snack, meet some people, but you want to seek the presence of God together, come join us at 1030. Come a little bit earlier and, and have some fun. It's my favorite part of Sunday mornings. But this isn't just a mic break thing. This is what Jesus said. He said in Matthew 18, verse 20, he says, For where two or three, or in some of your translations may say where two or more, are together, together, as my followers, I am there among them. Man, when Jesus shows up in Scripture... You never see things get more boring. Or when Jesus shows up in Scripture, when he's present, you, know, it's like no, you don't see it where like nothing happens. When Jesus shows up, things happen. Things get real. And he says, when I get two or more followers together who don't seek their will, but they start seeking my will in my name, I want to be a part of that. Relationships. That's only promised. He can do that in solo mode too, but he promises for two or three where they are gathered together in my name, seeking my will, I want to jump on board with that. I'm going to show up. I want to be a part of that party. And when that happens, that's when you're going to start seeing the potential for things to happen. Jesus is going to show up. And you're going to see miracles happen. You're going to see healings happen. You're going to see marriages restored. You're going to see brokenness restored. And that, that right there, we talked about last week, We're, we don't want to be a church that plays church. Well, when we get together in small groups, when we get together in two or three, and we gather together for a Bible study or a prayer, just hanging out, listen, we don't want to just play small groups. We want to believe what we actually read about in Scripture that says God's present. And there's power in that. That's why we get in, into our groups. Relationships. Relationships invite God's presence. Second, intimacy. Relationships is where you develop intimacy. Now, typically we think of marriage, intimacy, which the things we talk about today are certainly, certainly uh, valuable in the, in the confines of marriage. Today we're talking about really kind of within the confines of within the church. Hey, your relationships with people within the church. 
and this develops intimacy. Now, I don't want to get weird because I'll just give you an example of, of several years ago, um, I'd been growing in my faith, and I had a, I had a friend, and he was growing in his faith, and, I, and we were talking, we're like, hey, let's get together one-on-one, 6.30, let's get some coffee in the morning once a week, and, and we, can, we can study the Word together, we can pray together, and I was excited because I was, I was eager to learn more. I was eager to get in relationship. I was eager to have some accountability in my life, and we get together, and I was excited, and I just wanted to let him know. We sit down, and I said, man, I am so grateful. I'm like, I'm just pumped. I got up way early to, to come here today, and I just want to let you know from my heart, like, I'm excited to take our relationship to the next level. <laughs> he paused, but he could not hold it in. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, that just came out. That was, uh, can, we, can we restart? And he still holds me to that. Like, hey, you want to take your relationship to the next level? No, no, no. So don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. But we crave it. We, 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 just, we want to be known. We want to be wanted. That's hardwired in us in our relationship with God, but he put it in us to be in that with our relationship with others. But that as much as we crave it and as much as we want it, you've got to recognize that we work hard to resist it as well. We are scared of this intimacy, to be revealed, to be exposed as soon as you know about me then you may not like me. As soon as you know me, you may not want to be around me. And so this is a battle, a tension. But we gotta dive, we gotta dive into that. This is, this is what uh, Jesus, um, he, he did with his disciples in John chapter three, verse 22. It says, then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and he went into the Judean countryside and Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. That phrase, spent some time in the Greek, the Greek word diatribo, means rubbed off. He spent some time and he, he rubbed off on them. I don't know about you, but I don't know when you spend time with people, what, what do you rub off? And, and why we kind of resist relationships is sometimes... When we rub things off, it's, it's messy. It's messy. Like my kids, if you hang around them long enough, and this is not fun, it's like they come up and they're like, and then, and then they want to give you a, a big hug, and then, ah, oh, right on your leg, and you're like, what is that? I don't want you to rub that off on me. Get away. That's, that's messy. It's hard. It's time-consuming. We resist intimacy because, listen, I'm busy enough with my schedule. I got enough of my own junk. And then I'm having a struggle with that. And then you have yours. It's hard. But this is exactly what Jesus did. He spent some time with them and he rubbed off on them. What did he rub off on these guys? To sum it all up, I'm going to say love. What did he rub off? Love. He spent time with them. Your most valuable resource. Your time. And that's what Jesus gave to his disciples. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you've been to a wedding, 
You probably have heard this at some point in some sort of wedding. This chapter, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous. Know that that was not written for a wedding ceremony. This, this chapter, this famous love chapter, great definition of love, was not written for a couple in premarital counseling. 1 Corinthians was written to a church, the local body of believers, saying, hey, this is how, this is how we develop intimacy, church. And this was a jacked up church. They were messed up. There's a reason there's two letters to, to Corinthians in the Bible. And he says, he says, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, or, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. These attributes of love, they take time. They take hard work, and it gets messy, which is why you got to put in patience, which is why you have to endure. And he's talking to a local church body saying, you need to develop these things. This is where leadership comes. And yes, it's great for marriage. Believe me, it's great. But we got to understand this was written to the church on how to love. If you want intimacy... If you want deeper connection, deeper relationships, to be real honest, you can't get that here. You can get connection, you can get friendship, and you can start that here. That can spark that. But quite honestly, that has to happen outside of this room. It, in the large group, we celebrate together, and it's an encouragement, and we inspire, and we challenge one another. But that has to take place at some other place at some other time. You can't get that here. You have to get that in a, in a smaller group setting. Number three, mission. Mission. Relationships are the key to the mission. Jesus prays a prayer near the end of his life in John chapter 17. And John records this beautiful prayer in the whole chapter of 17. And it shows that our unity is the key to the mission. This church has a mission to reach the world. And he records this prayer. And I think it's kind of funny that John records this prayer much after the life of, of Jesus, and he writes this down, which makes me think, how did, how did John get this prayer in the first place? How did John hear Jesus praying this prayer and then write it down? Well, he had to probably been with him. And, and probably, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here, but maybe this wasn't the first time he heard Jesus pray this type of prayer before. Have you ever been in a setting with someone where, where you know their prayers? Like you can finish their prayer before they, before they finish? Like my grandma, I love my grandma, but she would, she would pray at every holiday we'd get together. And, and she's passed away a, a long time ago. But she, and I, I still will pray this because I knew her prayers, but she would, she would pray for every grandchild, and we just say, I pray that they would seek you for guidance in their lives on a daily basis. 
it's not a bad prayer, but we would know grandma would pray that. And as she got older, that prayer would get a little bit slower. And she's like, and may they seek you. And as a little kid, you're like, for guidance in their daily lives. Let's go, let's go, go on, grandma. I'm hungry, let's go. You can finish their prayers. I think, I think you know, I just, when, when they record this, I wonder, I'm like, Jesus was doing ministry together. He's praying with these guys together. And he, he prays this prayer. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, the ones right there with him, but also for all who will ever believe, that's you and I, in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. There's the mission. I have given them my, the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in you, and you are in me. And he repeats it in case you didn't get it. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them, love, as much as you love me. Jesus was on to something here. He said, unity, unity, this perfect unity is like you and me, Father. When they, this diverse group that wants to fight, Jesus always had to like rebuke these guys and be like, okay, guys, whoa, 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 huddle up, huddle up. Let's regroup here. Let's get this thing on the right path. He says, when this group, when this group gets together this unity thing, when they look past all their differences and they focus in on the mission, seeing people learn about Jesus, and they focus on that, that unity, that's a world changer right there. Because people will see God in that. This unity thing has the power, has the power, and is the key to the mission that Jesus has sent you and I on, and it happens within relationships. May they experience such perfect unity so that the world will know. You might say, what difference does it make if I'm in a small group, if I try to work through all these differences and then I get burned, if I spend all this time, all this hard work and energy and nothing, what's the difference? The difference it might make is all the difference in the world, according to Jesus. And that's why it is worth it. We, listen, we could nitpick each other all day long on Bible translations, we could nitpick each other all day long on ethics and morality and theology and all those things are good and great and wonderful. But at the end of the day, I didn't come to fight you. I didn't come to argue with you. I don't want to, I don't want to fight with you. I want to fight. I, I, I don't want to fight against you. I want to fight with you. That's the mission. Our mission is to reach Los Alamos, not to quarrel with one another because, we, again, we can fight all day long. And so our mission, young and old, every nation, every race, come together, fight together for this mission. When the world sees that, when the world sees that, they'll know something's different, something's up. They will see God. And he says, that's the key. That's the key. If I can get these guys to put it aside and focus, they'll change the world. It's what they did. It's what they did. 
Jesus spent time. He taught them how to do that. And sure, you watch that first church. You see that first church in Acts chapter 2 when it was kind of just born on the day of Pentecost. Thousands of people get saved. And in Acts chapter 2, if you read it, it's like, oh man, they're, they're, they're all meeting together in the homes and they're growing daily and it's just fantastic. It's like rainbows and unicorns. Well, turn to chapter 4, turn to chapter 5. You see people lying, you see people division, you see them arguing over these people are getting more and all this sort of stuff. It's been in, the, it's been in existence. We're going to have differences. We're going to have conflict. But he says it's worth it to fight through those things, to work together and focus in on what the mission is. We can get so easily caught up on all that other stuff. And for me, for me, I don't want to be a part of it. I want to spread the gospel because the gospel has the power to change, has the power to change lives. The final thing, life. Relationships are where you find life. Again, looking at something else that Jesus said. He says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will, say it with me, find it. You want to find life? You want to find life? You say no to your life and you start saying yes to those around you. Jesus sacrificed his life for others. And we get this so messed up sometimes in our life. We get this backwards in our life. Just naturally, we want to be about self. And this is a battle we got to fight every single day. When it comes to relationships, we tend to, we tend to withdraw. We tend to isolate because, hey, I've risked it before. I've, I've worked hard for relationships. I've spent time in relationships. It was hard. It was messy. I was vulnerable, seeking intimacy. And I got burned. got burned. I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I want to get hurt anymore and risk that. It's easier. It's easier to isolate because you guys are hard sometimes on me. I mean, I, it's a lot of work. I don't have time. I get frustrated. And it's just safer. Sometimes, you know, I recognize that I may not be the best person. I'm the difficult one. And I've disappointed you. And I don't want to disappoint you anymore. So I'll just stay in my, in my cage because I don't want to hurt anyone anymore. And if we're not careful... If we're not careful, we will find ourselves when we continually reject relationships, when we ten, continually just keep things surface level, we'll find ourselves in a position where it's just me, myself, and I. And what is pride? What is pride other than just me, myself, and I? I'm on my own throne here. And without even knowing it, without even knowing it, because we've refused to take the risk, Satan has got us trapped. 
in a cage. There's nothing, there's nothing he would like more than for you to be separated from the pack, to be isolated from the pack. Because now here, I'm thinking, God, is this the abundant life you want me to have? Like, you promised great things, and here I am. I guess, I don't even know if you're there. And here I am. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Everybody out, look at all them. No one understands me. We'll say things like, I guess that's just who I am. That's just who I am. And we've got ourselves so locked up that no one's allowed in. The walls are up. You ain't making it in. This is not God's design for relationships. It is hard. It is messy. It is time-consuming. And yes, you may get burned, but I will tell you, you're not meant to live in a cage. Jesus wants you to be free. He wants you to live life and find it, and it's in the context of relationships. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. I don't share my burdens. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling in my marriage. I don't want to, I don't want to admit to other people that I cut corners at work all the time. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the anger issues that, I'm, that I've been struggling with and I'm lashing out. It's easier, it's easier to just stay in here, keep life the same, than to share my burdens. But that's not scriptural. That's cultural. Our culture would say, eh, just keep those to yourself. Share. It's a load meant to be carried together. Some things, some things you do need to carry yourself, but this one says, no, share your burdens together and thus fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love. That's it. One rule. We got one rule. Love. That's the loving thing to do. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, confess your sins to each other. I won't confess my sins to you. Mm, you may not like my sins. You may not like that I'm a pastor and that I have sins. And once you find out, I don't, I don't. confess your sins to each other. Pray to each other so that you may be healed. That relationship with my buddy that I started, I'll take it to the next level. He laughed at me. We worked through it. Over the course of time, we built intimacy. It was hard. It was a struggle. I didn't always want to meet, but we made it happen. I shared with him some struggles. I shared with some things, some sins in my life. He prayed for me, and I found healing in those relationships. God wants you to find life. He wants you to find freedom, and it takes a risk. It takes a step. Listen, we are starting small groups in the coming weeks in September. A lot of you have signed up. Some of you, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, listen, you don't have to sign up in a group. I think it's a great place to start if you're looking for connection. I think you might be saying, well, I don't know if my spouse does. Well, you can just say, hey, spouse, I need this for me. I would love for you to join me, but we're going to have to work something out because I, I need this relationship. I need to, to do this, and that's fine. 
At the same time, they're only going to run 10 to 12 weeks in the fall. We're not locking you in for life. Maybe you find a group and it works and it's great and you guys continue to meet. Maybe you work and you get burned. You're like, I'm not doing that. We'll get in another one. Don't go into a cage. Don't go into a cage. Maybe you get into another one. You can sign up. There's a number on the screen. You can sign up and you can text the word groups and you can investigate and see. Maybe you're already in a group. Fantastic. I just want to let you know we have opportunity for you to develop deeper relationships. I, I believe that we are not just a church um, with small groups. We are a church of small groups. Like That's how the church worked in the beginning. Look at the early church in Acts. Acts chapter 5 says, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continue to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah, the gospel. That's what they got together. That's what they united around. They did it together in the temple because there was thousands of them at that time. But thousands can't meet in the home. So they went house to house. And the original disciples changed the world. Ordinary people, all diverse, in the first century with the same mission. Here we are today. The, the Church of Los Alamos, Freedom Church in Los Alamos, with the exact same mission same diversity and the same chance to either divide or come together on this mission. I want, to, I want to fight together with you on this mission. I want to explore this together. I know a lot of us, we're all new here. We're like eight months into this thing. We're all new here. So you're like, I'm new here. I don't know. We're all new. We're all new. But just so you know what we're about. And I believe there's power. Power. When we get out of this room and we start meeting. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.